Welcome everybody to The Future Strategist with James Miller. I've just started a Facebook group called, as you would expect, The Future Strategist. So if you use Facebook, please consider joining. Today I want to discuss an article that I recently published on the online website triggerwarning.us. Here's some background for the article. Now I, I regularly teach introductory microeconomics and usually once a semester we'll discuss the ethics and efficiency of people being able to buy and sell kidneys. So right now in the United States, of course, it's illegal to sell kidneys. And I suggest, you know, should we change this? Should it be possible for someone to buy someone's kidney? Now, if you're healthy, you've got two kidneys, you only need one, and it really turns out you don't lose all that much from going to two to one kidney. So the case for being able to sell a kidney to someone who is in need is, is really quite strong. And there's a lot of suffering that occurs in the world because you know it's generally illegal for people to buy and sell kidneys. A lot of people are, suffer on dialysis when it would be much cheaper and, and much more efficient for them and probably for the health system as a whole for them to just be able to go and, and buy a kidney from, from somebody. But after I talk about kidney sales, most of my students come to thinking, yeah, it's probably a good idea if we could buy and sell kidneys. I've come up with a thought experiment that's a bit more radical. And I, I decided to publish this thought experiment on, on the website triggerwarning.us. So let me describe my thought experiment. I, I suggest maybe we could go beyond having people sell kidneys. Instead, people could sell their heart or maybe all their organs. Now, I'm not looking at you know taking money from suicidal people. The idea is this, you probabilistically sell your organs. So what I suggest in the article is that we go out and we start an organization and every day the organization identifies 100 people who earn around say $2 a day. So these are going to be people in desperately poor countries. And we offer them 10 years salary in return for them accepting a 1% chance of death. So if you know, we get 100 people, there's a lottery, 99 of them get 10 years salary. One of them, well, their family gets the 10 years salary and they die and then their organs are sold to the highest bidder. And I'll want to make sure there's informed consent for the people risking their lives. So we'll, we'll get the 100 people and we'll do some practice runs where we'll say, okay, you know, if this were for real, we'll randomize, we'll pick one person and we'll say, hey, you, you would be dead if this were for real. We'll do that a few times. And then we'll ask everyone who's participating some questions to make sure they really understand what's going on, to understand they, they really will die if they happen to be the unlucky one out of 100 person. Now, I'm not certain whether my project would be financially feasible. If you auctioned off the organs from one person, would it be enough to provide a 10-year salary to 100 people each making $2 a day? If you work out the math, you'll find you need to raise $730,000 to pay the 100 people, plus, of course, you would need all the administrative expenses. It, it seems to me likely, I guess, is that you, you could raise enough money from auctioning off the organs. On the other end, could you find 100 people who would be willing to accept a 1% risk of death in return for 10-year salary? And there, my guess is that you could, especially when you take into account you know, that being poor puts you at much greater risk of death. 
So even though you're accepting a 1% risk of immediate death, having this money probably means that you're less likely to die from other causes. Now obviously this would never work because if I tried to do this or someone did, they would be quickly thrown in prison and charged with murder. But let's just put that aside. Morally, would this be a good thing if you found people who consented? And here I think the answer has to be yes. I mean, first, if, if everyone consents to something and they all understand what's going on, then you know they're presumably ex ante made better off. Now it's true, you know, one person will, will be made much, much worse off, they'll die, but they're knowingly accepting the risk. And we, we certainly have people accepting risks all the time in their lives. This would be a way for poor communities to, to end up getting a lot more money. There would be 99 people plus the family of the deceased would all have a lot more money. This, this would probably do a lot of benefits, economic benefits in the community. It would increase demand for lots of goods. Now, I know that this idea seems disgusting. It triggers your disgust response. And part of the value, I think, of this thought experiment is to maybe fight through that. You know, disgust is an important evolutionary mechanism. It caused our ancestors probably not to eat dog poop and when someone vomited to step out of the way. When you don't under have a good understanding of the disease theory of medicine, you don't know what bacteria are or viruses, you don't understand why you get sick, it, it makes sense, you know, to be disgusted by things that can make you sick. Unfortunately, we tend to apply disgust to policy ideas. If something seems disgusting, we assume that it's wrong or bad, but that's that's terrible. That's that's sort of like equivalent of saying, gee, chocolate cake seems yummy, therefore it must be healthy. No. You know, what what we find what we, what we think is going to taste really good, what does taste good, that's not a reliable guide in today's environment to what's healthy. Similarly, what we find disgusting is not a reliable guide to what is evil, what is immoral, what we should avoid. There, I think there's a big problem in people making efficient charity choices in terms of allowing disgust to influence their decisions. Some of the most important social investments the world could make would probably be in improving sanitation, reducing the rates of diarrhea among poor children. But this does trigger our disgust, you know, thinking about poor African children having diarrhea. You know, most of us are uncomfortable by that, and we're, we, we'd rather give money to a shiny new art museum. So the value of, of this project is, again, I have something which I think if you think about it, you almost, you, you should accept it's probably a good idea. Obviously, it would never actually happen, but it is a good idea if we could do it. Yet you, you're, you really think it's horrible because it triggers your disgust response. So try to, you know, if you don't agree with me, you still think it's a bad idea, try to come up with reasons other than it just has to be bad. Or say, well, people are dying, so it's wrong. Well, no, people die from lots and lots of things. People accept risks of death all the time. Now, I posted a link to this article on the Facebook group Effective Altruism, and it's a moderated group, and I was surprised the article did get put up. But boy, a lot of people did not like it. They said this, you know, this is giving the effective altruism movement a bad name. Some people liked it, and some people did say it was disgusting, which sort of played into what I was trying to, to bring out. But um, eventually the moderators uh, turned off the comments, and they said that because, in part because this thread was upsetting people, which, you know, I guess if it's, a, you know, there, there's a cost to upsetting people, so that's not something that to be completely ignored. 
But I, the sad thing was people thought I was deliberately trying to troll them or I was just doing this to annoy people. And I, I really, it's something I teach to my students. And I think it's an interesting and important intellectual exercise to help people fight through their disgust, which is a very, very dangerous cognitive bias. Thank you for listening to me today. Goodbye.